As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show. Welcome. To the Athletic Football Show. Today's Thursday, April 7th. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today is my good friend Nate Tice. Nate, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. The draft ticks closer and closer, and I'm really excited to talk about another position. Uh, we were talking pre-show. It, it, it really is fun hearing your perspective on these because you are, as you admit, you say you're fresher to it, but I'm telling you, sometimes it's so nice to hear that perspective because I get so lost in the sauce as these months go on. Well, the thing with me is that I don't watch a lot of college football either, so I don't have a ton of background information or a ton of preconceived notions about these guys. I mostly know them from the way they're talked about on the internet until I start to get into the process. Yeah. So you come into the film and I, when I click it open, I have an idea of what I'm supposed to see based on the way that people have talked about these guys. And sometimes I'm just shocked at the difference between the way they're portrayed and what I'm watching. And it's not necessarily that people are misleading me about what I'm about to watch. It's that you put players in buckets and occasionally the bucket that they're put in on football Twitter or wherever is a little different than what I actually get to watch. It's like movie reviews. It's like yes. sometimes you hear a movie, it's like, oh, someone's like, oh, man, that one was boring. That was slow. And you go and you're like, what did, What were you talking about? Look at the cinematography. Like, look at that. <laughs> or it's like it's it's like this movie. You know, it's yeah. the, the elevator pitch in Hollywood. You know, like it, this is the new friends. And, and yeah. every single thing is try to be cookie cutter in order to communicate the ideas yep. in a quicker, easier way. And then by doing that and bucketing it, you're limiting what you're actually talking about. So, you know, you can only really experience it by watching it the same way it is with any TV show or player or whatever. So we're going to talk about the receivers today and here's how we're going to break it down. We're going to talk about the six guys that we think are kind of the consensus top six guys and they're first, second round prospects. If you look at a lot of rankings at the position, these six guys tend to fall near the top. And we're going to break it up into two tiers based on the way that you have seen these guys and the way that you've ranked them. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, we're going to run through a couple little wide receiver superlatives as they apply to this class. So we're going to get to that a little bit later, but we're going to start with the first six. And there are two guys that are in a tier all their own in your mind as you're looking at this class. Who are those two guys? 
Yeah, yeah, the Sinister Six, as I like to call them, of all these six guys. <laughs> My top two is Drake London and Chris Olave. Very different. <laughs> very different. And kind of two little body or play styles that like I can kind of like one is like a guy that totally makes sense. And yes, one is a guy for that's for me, that's Drake London. But the other one is kind of a I don't know. He's, I can like these guys, but sometimes I can kind of like maybe hurt these guys a little bit just based on size. And that's Chris Olave, just because he's more of a crafty route runner type. But I'm sure we'll dive into him in a sec. <laughs> so for these six guys, we're going to run through the good, the bad, and where you think they fit best for the top six guys. So with Drake London, this is who I was talking about, where I had an opinion of what I was supposed to see, or I had a preconceived notion for what I was going to watch when I turned the film on. The first game I flipped on was the Utah game from this year. Okay. And... I was shocked at how they were using him. I mean, yep. he's catching like little flip passes. Screens. He's going in motion on windbacks. I just expected him to be this big, sort of stiff X receiver ball winner type. And then when I started watching him, I was like, wait a second. Yep. <laughs> this guy does all this shit. Yep. I was very surprised at the type of player he was and how he had been framed to me in kind of the drive-by analyses that I had heard so far. I was stunned when I watched him. I I, I peaked him a little bit. I, I'm telling you, like, I, I've gotten pretty good at, like, I don't know if this is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, but some where they black out part of your brain, where I could just, like, say last year I was watching Amon Ross St. Brown from USC, and I'm watching him. I'd even notice the pterodactyl that he played with. This this just this, this giant. And people were like, you didn't watch this guy last year? I was like, not really. I was watching the other guy. Yeah, he flashed a little bit, but I was like, I don't care. He's not draft eligible. But it's funny because he had a dino route for a touchdown in, oh, uh, against Notre Dame. It was pretty sweet. It was pretty sweet. But then watching it this year, I dive in and I had the exact same thought. They USC ran almost a traditional air raid offense where their run game was receiver screens and yeah. quick throws and getting the ball out. And that was some of what I was watching. I was like, wow, this guy, he's not a big stiff. He's sinking on routes. He's creating after the catch. Is he the fastest guy? No. And that'll be the the main drawback with him, but we'll get to that in a sec. But that Utah game, he had a great clip where he's catching a ball. I think he caught like a, oh, an underneath route, a slide route on a naked and he hurdles a guy. Like, yeah. and he's, he's so fluid as an athlete. He's a former basketball player. So it makes sense. He, he's all of six, five. He's a, he's a big body. I think he weighed about 218, 219 at the, at the combine. Just a big, big, you can see his basketball background. But when I watched him, I was I was stunned, really, the how fluid he was as a player, sinking on routes, actually had feel for him, finding soft spaces versus zone. Of course, with the big ball, you know, catching range and all those ball skills. And that's what really appealed to me. I was like, this guy gets playing receiver. And this was his first year as a true football player. He was a basketball player as well at USC. And they, he kind of dropped that. And he realized, I can make a little bit more money. Put a little weight on as part of that process yep. too, right? It feels like he's a little bit bigger than what I had heard or what he had weighed mm-hmm. in in previous years. So speaking to that kind of rare combination, so I, the stat that from PFF that was fascinating. Last season in college football, he was first in college football and contested catches, 19 of them. Okay, That makes total sense when mm-hmm. you think about what his profile is as a player, as that big ball-winning outside receiver. He was also sixth in missed tackles forced among wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Those don't square. Nope. And when you see him play, and when you actually dig into it, it's like, oh, that does make sense. But those two numbers, based on, again, what I had heard about him coming in, those are just very different. Those are different skill sets. And he somehow is adept at doing both of those things. Mm-hmm. 
like even been it earlier in his career because he played with you know Pitt, Michael Pittman and Amon Ross St. Brown to also you know drafted receivers, not even just like, him and Pittman have like the same body type. By the way, they oh, remind me so of funny. each other a little bit. A little bit, I can I can definitely see it. When someone else brought that up, I I I, I think London obviously is a tier better, but yes, I could see the comparison like so much. And he was a big from- guy that's better after the catch than you think he is. Like that's what yes. Michael Pittman is. So that's yep. why I was like, oh that. Even beyond the school, like frame, skill set, like there are little echoes of each other to me. I thought with Drake London, I heard basketball background. I was like, oh, he's going to be a soft ball winner type. Like not soft, but kind of like a guy, as soon as he catches the ball, he gets tackled right away and kind of falls down. And he's like, he plays tough. He's like trying to throw guys off of him. He like tries to block. I mean, like you said, they used him on wineback stuff because he's a legit blocker. It's like, oh, thank God you use your size. What were you saying? I want more on the blocking. It's fine. I, I want like a tiny bit more because when I saw them using him on that wineback stuff, mm-hmm. and it's so funny that we you see a big physical receiver and with the ways that teams are using guys like that, we talked about in our trend show about how you want guys that can be that slot and, and a blocker. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to project that with a lot of these guys. They actually did that with him mm-hmm. at USC. I wanted him to be like, 15% more ferocious as a blocker. He's not a baller. Be- because <laughs> he, he can be. Like yeah. he had physically, he could destroy guys if he wanted to, and he doesn't get quite there. I was like, ah, yeah. it's a tiny I, bit disappointing. It is, especially how big he is. And he's like, yes. Engulfing guys. The other thing with him is, and you, you, you brought up the contested catch stat. And when I first, again, when I was first diving into him, that was what I heard. Oh, he can't separate. Of course, that's always, you know, that's the big. Oh, that's a big red alert for a lot of people when you watch these guys. His quarterback sucked. I mean, they sucked. It was awful. The ball is <laughs> it late. Awful. It's behind. They're th- taking five hitches on what should be out on the first hitch. And it's that he creates separation. But of course, the separation goes away when the quarterback throws a ball three seconds late. And it's that was I was like, OK, OK, there's more to you than what people are giving you credit for. Another game. I don't know if you peaked. It was the Oregon State game. He honestly drew. No less than five penalties. That's and, incredible. I mean, no less. It might be more than that, but it was it was actually comical. It, it looked like the kid in high school that you know they're okay. That's the D one kid, and all these guys are basically playing JV because they're all just trying to grab onto him, just trying to guard him. But that was another thing that uh, it, it appealed to me about him was like I, I he creates more with his routes than I think he got credit for as what people pigeonhole him as a ball winner. That play against Notre Dame that I was talking about is exactly what you're you're mentioning. He had a little corner post, and he shook the corner, turned his hips, got separation on it. The ball's underthrown by seven yards, and he had to come back and get it. But he creates separation on that play. And there was another play in that Utah game, the opposite. It was a post corner, and he comes back to the outside, and he almost made like a spinning catch and got one foot in bounds. He barely missed it. Just the fluidity for being such a big guy, I was very impressed by. Yeah. So I'm I'm with you on all of this stuff. So we're bullish on him, but yes. it's not like he's a no-brainer top 10 pick, according to some people. I mean, there's a chance he falls into the back half of the first round. Where do you think the concerns might lie? Brought up the separation point, already refuted. I, I brought my theory in refuting <laughs> it, uh, but I, I his long speed, and I, I yeah. get it. And I he's a big and body. And hasn't tested yet either, so the, has it, there's no way that we kind of just check that box because <laughs> yep. he's been dinged up and hurt. Yep, exactly. And so that that's a concern. Uh, he did he did get banged up this past year, but I'm not injury concerns or not. I, that's something he'll come back from. But I know you're bringing it up just because he's not running. You know, I want to say because I'm an optimist on him. Oh, he's a four five five guy. But if he ran a four six flat or something around that, I'd be kind of yeah. I wouldn't be like stunned. And that's kind of that's the hesitation I think some people have. My argument against that is 
look at all the other shit. <laughs> like, look at him dominate every single play and be able to line and do so many useful things. And that matters, especially at that size. I know we're talking negatives, but I really do think if he just continues to grow as a, as a football player, it's like he can be a mismatch nightmare for teams week in, week out. Where do you think he fits best? Oh, boy. A lot of teams. Uh, but the teams that like really need a receiver, like I would love him with the Falcons just so they can put him with Kyle Pitts <laughs> and, and all that. Uh, but if he does start falling, I mean, there's uh, plenty of other teams that uh, you can look at him. Like the Eagles, he, he synergized so well with Devontae Smith. Like I would love that oh, pairing. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see him. Like I, I've twins seen, with Danny DeVito. It's like, like those right? two guys together. Yeah. I would love it. It would be like those two teams really appeal to me. I would take him like in the early teens because he has the size that I would take early. And so just looking at those teams, like the Eagles make a ton of sense. I don't love them for the Saints, even though if they don't, do need a receiver. I don't love that because I think they need more juice. I think they already have a guy mm-hmm. that's more of a intermediate underneath guy, Michael Thomas. And other teams – I mean, New England traded for Devontae Parker, but I would fucking love him for for the Patriots. Like I would because they need an X and they need that size and everything. And if he falls there, like the Packers, he meets the size threshold. He can go inside and out. It's Packers really like, interesting to me. I, yeah. It feels like they're going to want to chase more juice because bit. they lost MVS and now they have that big body guy in Lazard and it, he fits what they do. You can see him dropped in there easily, easily. but they do lack speed right now. Yep. And, and so I think they could chase some speed. The place that it would be perfect for him is the Chiefs of the last five years. Yeah. If you dropped because it's the zone feel, it's like how Kelsey just has an incredible feel for mm-hmm. zone. London last year was third in yards per route run against zone defenses in all of college football. And it feels that way when he's mm-hmm. playing. Him with Mahomes, where you have that kind of improvisational aspect to it, plus like the physicality combined with Tyreek Hill and just like as their third receiver yeah. would have been amazing. Be now synergy. they have MVS there and like it, things are a little bit different how the pieces fit together. But I think that Green Bay makes total sense if they, you know, we'll see how long Lazard is there, but skill set wise, yeah. I think that he could give them something. I think if I'm being honest, the next guy is the guy that might make more sense for the Packers. That's, and that's kind of like that. That's really this whole class is every position is very eye of the beholder. And, but really, the receiver yeah, class, it's all these so guys. So different. It's, it's so amazing. different. It's really fun because diving into these guys, uh, you have a picture, and everyone has a picture in their head. They're like, okay, the first round receivers are the, the, you know, the Julios of the world, you know, like these big freaky guys. And so now body so once every changing. 10 years. I know, but really, you really, it's going to be more like this where each guy has a little bit of a blemish, but they do other things really well. But this year we just have the instance where it's all different types of body types and play styles. And Chris Olave couldn't be any more <laughs> different uh, as a player. All right. So the good with Olave, what do you like about him? What, what has sold you on him? He's already coming into the league an advanced route runner and a legit, runs the entire route tree in the red zone. They designed specialty routes for him and he is like masterful on them. He's so running. good at breaking guys off late in those tight yes. spaces down there and understanding blind spots. Yes. That's one of my favorite things about receivers is like when they understand the DB's hips are turned, the DB's head is turned. This is exactly when I'm going to be able to create that last little bit of separation. Devonte Adams, when telling me, he said that's you put sauce on the top of it, right? Like you, yeah. that last little bit of sauce you put on it. Olave does that. And it's just, it's cool to watch. It's funny that you say this because when I, I watched him first, I watched him and Wilson at the same time. And I watched those two guys first and I was like, well, I guess he's pretty refined, right? I mean, he's, he's doing some stuff that's really interesting and we'll, we'll get into some of it. 
and I didn't realize that all the other guys I'd watch are nowhere in the same league as him. Nowhere. I'm used to watching NFL receivers. So yeah. when I watched every other guy, it's like, oh, no, he's incredibly refined yeah. compared to other receivers that, at that level. As we focus on the NFL more, you forget like, oh, yeah, some of the, well, you got to do a lot of translating with these guys. <laughs> you some of them do don't even run routes. They, there's yeah. no releases. There's no nope. aspect of this at all. And Olave is doing stuff that's like. 2.0 like 300 yeah. level shit at the college level yeah i i brought this up before there's a route called a stool route where you sit on a stool you, you sound yep. like you're running a fade and then you you work back to the front pylon and teams only ask these guys to the guys that get asked to run these routes are they have to be a 301 level route runner just for feel timing it, it red zone's already hard and that's a hard route to do on top of it and and the nfl like the guys i've seen do it i've seen kelsey do it Randy Moss uh, used to be asked to do it when my, when my dad was there. We had Michael Crabtree do it with the Raiders because you just it's just a feel thing. He, they're doing it in college. I've never seen a college guy get asked to do this route. And I've seen multiple instances of him doing it against good competition as well. Um, I also think he timed really well. Like he has that in his game, but that's not like how he wins, if that makes sense. Like it is, he changes speeds incredibly yes, well. Tempo. When you're your top speed, your hundred percent, your hundred percent speed, your fifth gear is whatever I think he ran a four three eight or a four three seven, some high four threes. When you run a route, you're usually not running it at that hundred percent. So if you run it at the ninety two percent, the eighty eight percent, somewhere you're throttling down just a little bit, that's why it's so effective if you have feel. Because he can sell that four three eight speed as he's breaking on a route. He can sell it. And a lot of guys, it's like, wow, this guy's a four three guy. He plays like he's a four or five guy. It's because they don't have comfort breaking. They aren't able to throttle down when they break. And that's what Olave has done. All of his routes look the same. He's he's a pain in the ass for corners because they're like, oh shit, he's firing off the ball. When is he? Oh God, he broke. Uh, oh God. So he makes guys uncomfortable because he can bring so much heat at them. Yeah, I totally agree. And even downfield, I mean, just like yeah. the way he can kind. Of- a little bit of separation while he's moving full speed is impressive on downfield routes and vertical yeah. routes. And so the thing he, you can tell he's fucking around sometimes yeah. in a way that I really appreciate where he's playing with tempos and he's trying to like stop and start his little dead leg release off the line of scrimmage that he tries to get guys with. There's a, a certain level of experimentation yeah. to his game that I think really, really good receivers tap into. And he does that all the time. As a senior in college. Yes. Which, which is, that's what his, his, and we'll get to his negatives in a sec, but his, to me about him is like, could he have a path to a number one guy uh, in a good passing offense? Yes, I see that. But I see him as plug and play as soon as he steps on into the, on an NFL team, that he's your number two and you're good with it. And that's his floor. Like he can be a number two weapon, I think, as a rookie right away. He, I don't think there's going to be any growing pains with him. It's that, in a right situation, he could ascend into becoming even more like a true number one. But I think for him, he can plop and play in any offense. And you're like, yep, you're a good player. It's amazing that you say that because the guy, his best case scenario for me, if you look at history with body type, size, all that, which we can get to as a negative, which I think it is. Yep. Is Calvin Ridley. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly what Calvin Ridley was. He was a super number two as a first round pick right away mm-hmm. and then ascended to being a number one receiver or had the capability to ascend to being a number one receiver. And if we're getting to the negatives, I assume we're going to start with the size. Yes. Because that's what it is. And there is nothing after the catch. As soon as he, there is no tackle breaking. There's very little strength. As soon as he catches the ball, he's going down. I mean, he's not breaking tackles. 4.2 yak per reception this year, which is 82nd in, in the country. 
And with the amount of explosiveness he has, you'd think it'd be better than that. Just on accident, he'd break a couple 80 yarders, but it doesn't happen that often. And you look receivers that are between like 510 and between 180 and 190 pounds. Really the only two guys of the past 10 years that have been high level NFL players at that size for a while are Emmanuel Sanders and Calvin Ridley. Yeah. That's it. And, the, and those are the two easy comparisons with him. Yeah. No. And that's, that's it. That's my concern with him. Devontae Smith last year, why I liked him so much. was He doesn't ball- fit into that weight range. No. <laughs> so he just, right. he doesn't he's, count. He's, he's too light. He, he doesn't even make the threshold. But why I liked Devontae Smith so much was that he was a dog as a blocker. Yeah. Like he battled and he was beating press and he creates stuff after the catch and he's still doing that as a pro. He already got banged up, but Olave doesn't have that in him. Like he doesn't – he plays to that play strength. He's a that, prettier player than that. Yeah. That's that's a good way to put it. He, yeah, he's clean and, yep. and good in a bad way. Smooth. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. but it's he's a pretty player. He really he is. is. He is, and that's why I can picture him just in a team that's you know they're going to be chucking and ducking, and it's like, yeah, you get him. He eats those fifteen targets, and he's going to be productive on him. But it's like you got to be a good offense already, if that makes sense. Like, it's got to be an, awesome in Green Bay. Like that's awesome yeah. in Green Bay. It's yeah. just. A guy with that level of feel playing with Rodgers, I think that kind of overcomes whatever early growing pains there might be with a young guy. And you you have that physicality with the other receiver on your team. Like Lazard is there and can kind of do the dirty work. And mm-hmm. it just that I would love to see him there. The weight yeah. thing is funny. And I wanted to throw out two guys because there are people would say, well, there are smaller receivers that have been successful. At 190-ish, that's small. Mm-hmm. Even Stefan Diggs. Stephon Diggs is somebody that has been held up as a guy who plays bigger than he is. Stephon Diggs played 195 at the combine at only six feet. He's bigger than mm-hmm. a guy like Chris Olave is, and Stephon Diggs isn't a big guy. So I just I want to just hammer home that even if you like him, the band of guys that have been successful at that size is just smaller than you want it to be. It's the I, only thing that's kind of hanging out in the back of my head. Totally agree with you, though. It's that is always going to be the back of your mind, and it's always – that's why the counter argument to that is that, oh, he has to be a dominant route runner and so good. And it's like, okay, well, he does have that. So that's why you're like, okay, as an optimist for him or as a guy that, you know, glass half full with Olave is that that's my argument against it. But yeah, no, the size stuff crops up. And as a guy that loves his dirty work receivers, like that, that's why this guy's so well, I was surprised that you liked him it's so much. so different, yeah. right? I know. But I think his just what he is good at. He is really good at, and that's, he's a guy I can, we do the star starter bus bench thing. I think his bus potential is like 0.05%. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I I just, I can't see this guy not being useful for somebody. And that's a position that could be so volatile. And so even we say coin flips, but even worse than the coin flip, especially in the first round, I think he's one of the safer guys that you can get. And I think that is, to me, that's like the tiniest little gap between at their best Emmanuel Sanders and Calvin Ridley, yes. right? Like Calvin Ridley was like a legitimately number one receiver based on skill set. Emmanuel Sanders is always a supercharged number two. Yep. And like, is he just going to be a good number two for his entire career or does he ascend to that one step exactly. higher? And I think that is, it's a very worthwhile conversation to have about Olave, but I, it's really, really funny. Again, my just, the way I consume all of this and my diet for football is so different than people who are draft people. That when I started watching him, I was like, oh, he's pretty good. 
You know, he's pretty good. And then you watch everyone else like, oh, my God, he's so crisp. Like, he's so, so refined and nuanced. And it just it was a it was a hell of a like 12 hour period as I started watching him and then watched everybody else. Oh, there's some guys I'm so harsh on early on. And then I watch him like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's actually pretty <laughs> good. Like <laughs> Fit on Olave. Do we, Green Bay? Is that Green like- yeah, Packers is a good one. Uh, I mean, there's it's it's a lot. It's like somebody that already has a dominant number one is who I like him with. I mean, I wouldn't like him with the Eagles just again because of the size stuff. But I think Green Bay is really that perfect fit for him. And if if the Chiefs wanted to get a little spicy and maybe now that they've gotten so blocky with their receivers that now they want the <laughs> the finesse guy back in there, like that maybe would make sense as well. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. For their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. Shopify.com slash maze. All right, Wilson, what do you like about Wilson? Garrett Wilson. Oh, man, just get get the ball in his hands. <laughs> that That is first and foremost, the thing with him. He is dynamic, truly dynamic with the ball in his hands. It Isn't is. that fascinating that he and Olave are the same size and <laughs> they no. couldn't be more different they after they catch the ball? Completely different players. It's God, they're spoiled there. <laughs> I mean, these guys are so freaking good. Uh, and, but yeah, just creating the ball off his hands. He has this, By the way, one more. Yeah. Olave with the chargers. Chargers, if, yes. If, they, if he ended up at the Chargers and he was just their speed guy to go along with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, is like that is like Chef's kiss shit. I love that. Oh that made, I I love that. Throw anyway, sorry, time. I they cut you off. I'm getting 50. too excited here. No, I know Chargers would be a good one. Bills. I mean, <laughs> you know, just get dink and duck with that. They just paid for digs. I don't know if they're going to go again. But man, with Wilson, it's what it's the spectacular catch too. He has that in him. Like where he flashes this catching range that's like, oh, wow, that you have more to him than, than you would initially think as a 
He's not a gadget guy. I don't want to pigeonhole as a gadget guy, even if I'm more negative on him. That's what I'm making him sound like. He's a better route runner than that. He he is, I would say, an above average route runner. And again, when you're watching with him and Alave, <laughs> it's like you don't want to compare them because Alave is so good. And I think he's more above average to good. He flashes on those catching the catching range. He's got good like length. He plays with length. I think that's a like a way to describe it. For his it. Si- he plays bigger than his size. Like a hundred percent he plays bigger than his size. I think in more than one way. Yeah, the the contested catch stuff and attacking the ball that reminds me of Diggs at that size, just mm-hmm. in playing way bigger than like six foot. Is exactly I think both of them are. And the other thing is, I thought he played through contact as a route runner better than I expected him to, given his frame. He's still yeah. not strong, but I thought he was going to get thrown around, and he was not getting thrown around. Yeah, and that was man. It all depended on the game with him because at first when I first watched him, I. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's pretty good at it, better, like you say, because he's skinnier, and you're like, okay, that's a little better. Then I watched the Penn State game <laughs> in the court. That I did not watch. So that's- I, No, I know, and I'm not like trying to go like, oh, you didn't watch this game. No, 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 but I'm, I'm, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah, but watching the Penn State game, and he was productive in this game because they figured out how to get the ball in his hands, and why they had to manufacture some stuff was because he was getting throttled by the corner. And that was, that was to me when I first watched, that was the second game I think I watched of him. And I was like, okay, okay, all right, maybe I should, you know, maybe- my, some hesitation started with that and he still has to work on strength. That's uh, same him and a I both have that where it's just like a lot. This guy, Wilson creates more after the catch and everything, but they still have to answer those questions against press. That's the thing. And in the college, you don't get a lot of those translatable reps. Like as far as just working for press, a, a true heavy press where the guy's throughout grabbing you with one hand and hitting you like true reps like that. And so that's a lot of these questions that these both guys that these have to answer and and with Wilson, it was I had a little more hesitation with that when I saw him working against press, true press. So with Wilson, you think that the Alave alleviates your size concerns just because of the juice he brings. With Wilson, you don't think there's enough to necessarily alleviate those concerns in the same way. I think Alave has more polish that lets him win, okay. and I think Wilson's more hit and miss. Sometimes gotcha. he, okay. it's like that makes sense. He, win, he wins or loses right away, and I, I he has it in him. It's just that he still has to tap into it consistently. I think that makes sense. I, I yeah. that, that's I also prefer Olave, and I think that that is a good way to articulate where the little gap between them might exist. Yeah, that's the thing is I, I'm making him again. I'm making him sound like oh he gets his ass kicked all the time. He's fine. It's just that when you're taking the guy this high, those things become bigger you know problems that you have to answer because everybody's going to get film on the guy and go, man, we could just kick his ass and he can't get off the line. So they're going to keep doing it. So it's just a question he'll have to answer at the next level. Anywhere you think he fits. And oh. spot that interests you oh, here now as we're looking. Oh boy. I know we're I feel like we're gonna say a lot of the same teams. Actually, I would like him with the Saints because of the just because of like that would he wouldn't have to eat all the targets right away. They could kind of ease him into what their offense would be. I actually wouldn't hate him with the Chargers because he wouldn't have to be the polished guy as well. Another team that actually I would like him with New England because he brings some juice that they don't have, some creating yards after the catch. Pairing him with Mac Jones throwing underneath, no uh, catch and runs with with Garrett Wilson, that could be a little bit interesting as well. Uh, if you're gonna, Dallas at twenty four, if he gets Dallas, that, if he gets I, down that far, I like that as well because he could be a Z that can move in and out with CD, and then they can use CD for more of the the rugged stuff, so they can kind of use them how they need to use them. I, I like that as well. We're gonna, we're gonna be repeating a lot of the same teams uh, because I don't know that's what this class is like. All right, our next guy here, like you guessed earlier today falls into the this is what this guy is category and that's Traylon Burks. Yeah. I just assumed that Traylon Burks would have an A dot of like four yards 
and be a gadget player, and that's the guy I would watch. That is not the guy I watched in the few games that I saw of his. What do you like about Traylon Burks? One of the most unique players I've ever watched. I'll, I'll say that like first and foremost, but love his size, love how, how, how he's built, love the ability to, even though he didn't time like this, he can pull away from guys with the ball in his hands. And that's never it, saw him it, get cut from behind it, nope. it, big plays. Never, no, never like actually gain ground tracking him down from behind, even though his time speed is not as good as you'd want it to be. He's one of those weird players that, <laughs> that it's like his GPS and you know, miles per hour is probably way different than the four or five. I'd be, five I'd be so interested in what that Me looks too. like. I would Me love too. to see that. We need to like break into some NFL teams computers at some point. I know. I need a guy. Anybody, anybody <laughs> listening to this, you know, if DMs you work are- for an NFL team and you have access to GPS tracking data and you want to send it to us, your job security be damned. Our, <laughs> our emails are in our bios. They are. <laughs> and I can keep a secret. Trust me. No, but what I like about him is just. He's he's a valid weapon with the ball in his hands, and it's a it's a unique weapon. How Arkansas used him was so crazy. Like they would put him in the slot and have him on a jet motion, like every other snap, just every play tagging him, every play tagging him, moving back and forth. He's such a hard tackle for DBs because of his size and just because of that fluid athleticism. I, he's he's a smooth athlete, and it. But then you also look at him; he's six three, two twenty. <laughs> like yeah. it's not a guy that you usually see built and moving like that. So that's what it is. And he again, he's another guy that flashes the the spectacular catch. He can dunk on guys left. That and right. is what I did not expect. Yeah. I did not expect for him to be making contested catches 40 yards down the field in one-on-one situations. I didn't think that was the guy I was turning on. Yeah. And I saw him do it five times in the game that I watched. And that's the appeal of him because that's going, okay, all right, if we can hone that in, make that more part of his game as opposed to kind of like this – Again, he's more gadgety. Like it's funny. It's we. I don't want to describe him just as a gadget guy, but he is more gadgety than you would think. So such a nine point three yak per reception, fourth among wide receivers in college football last year. And as a guy that's six three two twenty, <laughs> yeah, every other guy's probably what five eight one ninety. Yes. <laughs> you know, just, you know, but that what... again, you're combining that with somebody who can go get it down the field, and that's yeah. an aspect I just didn't expect when people kept comparing him to Debo. Yeah, I was just like, not... oh well, I don't. That's I don't I see can, that. I compared much. him to Josh Gordon. That's, That's what I I saw you say that, and his physical profile actually looks like Josh Gordon's. It does. And I when you said that, and then other people were saying that he was kind of a yak yards after catch manufactured touch guy. I was like Josh Gordon, and then I turned it on. I was like, oh, Josh Gordon makes total sense. Yeah, and, and that, especially that size, like you know, and I think Josh Gordon ran like a four five five as well, like a four five four. So it's there's you know maybe some more comparisons there, a better play speed guy. Yeah, he's he's a guy honestly you ask me every day what how I feel, like what my grade would be on him, it changes every day. Like I cuz the optimist in me is going like, well, if we hone it in, he gets in the right situation. Oh shit, like this guy could be a true weapon in the league. And then the pessimist side of me, I can get to it in a sec, but that's kind of going, okay, there's some effort waning uh with him when you watch him. In an ideal world, if we're playing out best case scenario, I'm putting him on the A.J. Brown plan, where as a rookie, you manufacture touches for him. It's dig, all yak dig, dig. all the time. Slants. <laughs> yeah. I, I am, I'm creating I'm smokes and bubbles and tunnel yeah. screens and slants. and I'm getting the ball in your hands. You go to work. Off-season number one into number two, you learn how to be a receiver. Yep. And the bad side of this is that here's the question with guys like this. He's not asked to do a lot of refined receiver stuff and what Arkansas was doing, right? Yep. It's... The contrast between what Chris Olave is and what Traylon Burks is is incredible in the nuances of the position. But is that because he can't do it? Yep. Or is it because he wasn't asked to do it? 
And that is my struggle. It's why I'd be a terrible scout and why I, this, I do this in a very amateur way. I struggle with imagination sometimes. It's hard for me to understand what a guy is going to be three years from now based on whatever kind of raw, unshaped potential he has. And that's why I'm not going to like this guy as much as other people might because I'm like, ah, oh, what can he be? Even though there's all this potential there and there's so far he can go, it's harder for me to imagine that. And that's why I am more than willing to admit I might be wrong on how good Traylon Burks is going to be. I think he could be fine, but yeah. I'm not in love with him the same way that other people are. I'm not either. I, I think the last list we did for Bleacher Report, uh, I had him as the third, but the, or my receiver three. But then before that, he was my five. And I think before that, he was my six. And honestly, one of my final rankings goes up for them. It would be he's probably going to end up at five. Like it's like I I just can never figure out how I feel about him. I think I'm fine with that there, because my negatives with him is the can or won't thing. He gets tagged in a lot of things, and that is something I would I'd love to interview him and just be like, okay, is that because just what they wanted to do? And they're like, hey, he's our best player, which is figure out how to get him the ball, or is that because because he's not handled just knowing what the offense is and knowing what he what his assignment is. And I mentioned it before we had a combine preview show where I got to kind of like early gush about a couple of these guys. And with him is it's, I made the joke then I'll repeat it because I just love this joke. I make is is the big dog, little dog meme is with the ball in his hands and he's the main target trailing Burks plays hard, plays fast. And then it's the little dog meme when he's not tagged, he's not the main primary on a route. He's blocking on something effort kind of not there. He kind of just looks like he's hanging out. Doesn't know exactly what he's supposed to be doing. That's scary to me because receivers, Again, once you get to the NFL, you have to be a, a, a crazy dominant receiver to be able to take plays off legitimately, to be able to do when you're not doing it, potentially affecting the other plays where you're not the target. So that's that's like where I have a little bit concerned with him is that he might need a lot of – he might be, have to go into the perfect situation. If he doesn't, he's the guy that has the higher bust potential than maybe some of these other guys. The range of outcomes with him is, I think, much wider. Crazy. Much, much wider. Yeah. Again, if he's A.J. Brown in two years, are you going to be shocked? Nope. I wouldn't be shocked. But if he's Cordero Patterson for the first five years of his career, I also wouldn't be shocked. Yep. And that's, oh my God. And Cordero is actually a better comparison than I think people are realizing as far as like how he, how he plays the game and just is figuring out how to play football. Also, another thing, he wears 16. Don't get to see that a lot on a receiver. I'm not saying that's a negative. I'm just, I'm just bringing that in there because it just popped up in my brain. Because it was my 16. favorite thing about Sky Moore is that it was so easy to pick out 24 while I was watching the tape. Best. I was like, there he is, every single play. Best. I love it. I Arkansas know. also I, had a 15 that got a lot of run, and I was, it was miserable trying to pick them out in the oh, games that I was watching. Oh, there's another guy, Jalen uh, Tolbert from South Alabama. I think he, they, they had a zero and eight and a nine. I think at receiver, and they would wear like white jerseys that were like shiny numbers and i actually like just stopped watching the game one time because i was like I, I can't do this i can't do this like my eyes are not are not able to pick out which guy he is where do you think he would fit where would you oh like to see him god that like titans actually wouldn't be terrible because just put, like imagine him and aj brown both hitting um he has to go to a team that has to be patient like they he can't be the guy right away and that's why i i have i actually have some troubles trying to pick which team would make sense for him um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. It's too high in the first round, probably, but in a vacuum, Atlanta. Yeah. Think about what Atlanta just has done with Cordero Patterson mm-hmm. and, and think about who was the offensive coordinator when yeah. we watched A.J. Brown become the guy that A.J. Brown was going to become. This the is high. just a team that needs players they just need and players, weapons. Yeah. And so, so role is less important 
in that situation. It's like, we just need guys who can play. Yeah. And so I would love to see what Arthur Smith could do with him. I want to misfit toys there. <laughs> that's that's really what it is. No, I, I love that as well. And that's that's the thing with him. It, it's almost like, you know, that he's a home run swing. That's what he is in, in the late first round, a, a middle late first round. It depends on how teams are going to view him. And it's a guy that I'd be more comfortable. Not that my grade is like this because I have a late first round grade on him, but a guy I'd be more comfortable taking in that early second than with my first round pick. What about Buffalo? Buffalo wouldn't be bad. I'm I trying know. to think about ways they would use him. It would just—that's uh, what I'm. And they—they they do have now like a role in the slot in their offense, mm-hmm. and like what he could be as a slot receiver for them. It's just and kind of be a hybrid position for him. Kind of be like, hey, we're in eleven, but you are kind of like we'll use you as kind of the move guy, no matter however we have to use you. And they're good coaches there. I mean, you know. Well, some of them are in New York now, so that might be another thing. <laughs> yeah, I just that's that's one was like, all right, throw him in a good offense, right? Throw him in a good yeah. offense where we think that the situation and the conditions would be conducive to his success, and yes. that would be one of them. We're like, all right, I'd be curious what they would eventually do with him. Yeah. Also, like, very different. So, I've seen a couple of mocks where Olave goes to Washington. Olave and McLaurin are samey to me. Like they're very, very I think they're very similar. Put Traylon Burks in that offense with Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Because that, I mean, that is very different in terms of style and skill set. And, and I think Scott Turner is a very creative offensive coach. Yeah, and they have uh, uh, Diami Brown from last year from North Carolina, who I like as a deeper guy, like deep threat guy. So that would be some nice kind of nice synergy, and all with good solid size as far as height wise. So that you know that wouldn't be bad. I was watching. I was talking to an offensive coordinator last summer. When we were talking about how the rise in two high and just making team offenses move the ball, matriculate the ball down the field what sort of players and what sort of concepts it was going to make it more important. And he said something to me I thought was really interesting. He said, if they're going to make you earn it, you need guys who can earn it. Nice. And that's what Traylon Burks is, right? He is, that to me is where there's a similarity with Debo in the sense that I'm going to flip it to you. You, you do some shit. Yeah. And in this world where teams are going to try to take away explosive plays, do you have guys that can conjure explosive yeah. plays out of nothing just because the ball was in their hands and he does seem like one of those guys in mm-hmm. a lot of ways make every play a kick return that's yeah <laughs> that's basically it and back to the Cordero patterson thing yeah right there, right back to it i know i know but he's he's that's the thing is like we have i have some negatives on him but i'm not down on him because he's he's a guy that if he hits and gets in the right situation watch out because he could be a really fun player all right speaking of explosive plays let's talk about jameson williams all right <laughs> oh, what man. do you like about jameson williams well Speed, uh, I think it's the easiest thing that pops out at him. But the thing with Jameson Williams is he is more of a receiver than I think I, I thought that he would be going Say in. more about that. I might not have watched enough for the right games. I mean, there are some aspects to his game. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, oh, man, that really jumps off the tape. But the refinement isn't one of them. What games or what examples can you throw out? It's like, all right, I, there's more to him than I thought there was going to be. Early in the year, and, and sometimes I'm late, but they, they were truly – Hey, take the top off. Your post, you're the dig, you're you're the deep guy. We'll run some double moves with you. I felt like to me, maybe the second half-ish of the year, they started going like, hey, let's get him on a deep curl. Let's get him on these routes that he's breaking. And I thought he was a lot better at, and we brought it up already with Alave, is tempoing his routes and using that speed to tempo it. And he could sink. I thought he'd be a little stiff because that's how he's just built. He's kind of narrowly built. I thought he would be like when he broke on routes, I was like, oh, wow, you can sink a little bit. Okay, you can actually do these types of things. And that it surprised me uh, a little bit. He also has the lobby issue that he's skinny as shit. So, <laughs> well, so that the, the sinking and the stopping, 
that was apparent to me. He had a play against LSU where they sent him on just a backside slice, like straight to the goalpost from the right side. And he's moving, right? They say the way that you expect him, he's moving. He put the brakes on like fucking top, like Tom Cruise and Top Gun. Like it was incredible. <laughs> it was like a fighter jet stopping. The, the corner was so desperate. He grabbed the back of his helmet and almost tried to t- tear it off. And he got flagged for it. And it was he an still E-break. made a play. That was his E-break. Yes. Like- that, that was it. He, he tried to grab his helmet because he couldn't slow down because he went from 60 to zero instantly. And he yep. can do that. I mean, and- the throttle down is very real. And that is a weapon when you can run like he can. Yes. And it's not. That's what's it's so hard. I think even I I, I brought my write up on on him, and I, I think I said good, but yeah, good, uh, yeah, above average to good route runner. And really, with him, it's not the same way that Olave is a good route runner. Olave is going to be running those out routes and the the comebacks and the, and the, the releases cool, and stuff. The, There's the just cool more in his bag. Routes. Yeah, and Jameson Williams, it's that he has a feel for it, but his route tree might be a little more limited. So it's like, yes, he's a good route runner on the routes that he he is asked to run. So, so that makes a, sense. That's kind of what I was talking about both you. sides of my mouth. Yeah, a little bit there, but that's kind of how I look. Another thing with him, which was really cool, and it became a little kind of a viral cl- clip, was Alabama used Jameson Williams as a gunner on punt. And he was like clothesline <laughs> dudes. It was awesome. It was so great. And so he has some more toughness to him than, than I initially thought going in. He's not a great blocker. Don't get me wrong. He is not Devontae Smith trying to like – bow up on these guys he knows what he, he knows what he is <laughs> trust me <laughs> if <laughs> i was like that i wouldn't be a blocker either. i wouldn't either i know that's why i like that makes that's why i'm always just going to keep bringing up Devonte smith he's like this guy is the heisman trophy winner he's acting like he's a you know power slot zach pascal another one i hate joe dimaggio i'm mentioning zach pascal on this on this show but uh I, I, that's what I like about him. He's not just a one-trick pony. He has more receiver to him. But again, we'll get into negatives in a sec, but that that's what I like about him. The negatives, I think, are probably rooted in size in a lot of ways, yep. right? Lack of refinement, but also just skinny. I was watching the Florida game, and Kair Elam, who's going to be like a fairly highly drafted corner, I think he got hurt at some point in that game. But early on, they had a couple one-on-one matchups, and he just put the shackles on him in press coverage and just could not get off physically. And Elam's not a big corner. Nope. He's a good press corner, but he's not a big guy. So you get some corners in the NFL that are six one ish with some like some bulk to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how he's going to handle that because he doesn't have that bag of releases nope. that a, a more undersized guy like Olave does. Yep, and I, I uh, that's what my negatives too is. It has to continue work route polish. It's like yes, I think he's fine right now and better than I expected. Still has to work on it. Of course, play strength. You know, the other thing was too. He could be a body catcher sometimes. Yeah. And could be uncomfortable catching in traffic. Not I'm not saying he's soft or anything. Again, he was on special teams as a gunner, all that stuff. But it can lead to some drops in traffic because he's body catching. He doesn't use this length that he could. By so the way, that- Burks is the same way. Burks is not like a – he had a couple plays against Ole Miss. He went and got a couple. The way that he attacks the ball is very inconsistent for somebody that's it's six weird, foot right? three. It's like, it's like some games it's like, oh, wow, wow. Look at him. Like you dunk it on guys. And the next yep. one you're like, oh, man, go – Please, please use your length to go snatch that throw. Yeah, it's all over the place because he had those two back-to-back plays against Ole Miss, but other games, it's, he's he's body catching, and he doesn't mm-hmm. have the instincts in the air that you would hopefully want from someone with that amount of length. It's all yep. over the place. Yep. And then, oh, man, can you imagine Jameson Williams with Justin Herbert? <laughs> it, he th- And this is the nice part about guys like this, and I think it's the reason – that when you hear stuff like, oh, he's the number one receiver in this draft, then we think he's the best receiver in this draft. He fits everybody. Yep. 
there's no speed box you kills. have to put him in because speed is a universal quality. It's necessary in every single offense. So there's, I think that there's his not one, appeal- one sport team in the in the history of time that says we do not want speed. <laughs> I wish we were less fast. You know, I wish we were a little wish, bit slower. I wish we had a bunch of tryhard guys. You know, I love that. <laughs> And that and that's the interesting part about him compared to some of the other guys in this class, right? Even if you think that London is a really well-rounded version of the type of player he is, he is still one archetype of player. He's not going to be for everybody. Yep. This guy, yep. you could drop him into any offense. Some will be better than others. Mm-hmm. He'll play a larger role in some than others, but he still has a universal skill set. It's funny because all these other guys, you know, you're going, oh, what teams are best fits? And I'm like hesitating because I got I got Tankathon up right here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe him. Maybe him. And then the, James Williams is just like, yeah, like all of them. I could picture him there. I could picture him there. I New Orleans at 16, there. Kansas City at 17. Oh. You want to put him on the Eagles at 18. That's fine with me. He could go to New England. They definitely don't have enough speed. Yep. He absolutely could be the MVS replacement in Green Bay. Yep. Dallas, if you wanted to drop him there, that's oh. fine with me. Buffalo, if you wanted to put speed at three and have him be your slot guy, that works. Tennessee doesn't have a speed uh, structure. Josh Allen could outthrow him. Like, I mean, it's you could drop him anywhere, and it would make sense. And the Chargers is like hell yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's just, my. That's I mean, my dream you match. drop a little speed into that entire sauce, and we're it's, cooking over it's there. It's incredible. Just but yeah, just Keenan Allen. Hey, welcome to your new life as a power slot. Hey, Jameson, you're on the outside. Let's go, baby. <laughs> let's take those top. Let's take the top off. And we have a quarterback that's willing to throw it. Yeah, he's like I said. I I had Traylon Burks bumping up and down, and I but I would say right now, as of right now, where where was this coming out? April seventh. Jamison Williams is probably my receiver three. Like this is this is my receiver three, but I like the appeal of him more than maybe some of the, even other guys. I think it's still a high floor thing, right? Because yep. the speed is always going to be useful. Yeah, this, useful. you're always going to be able to do something with him because he has that speed and more length than a guy that is mm-hmm. that fast typically, right? I mean, Waddle's five eleven, yeah, and I, he's I, all I, of six two. I mean, yeah. so and long. Waddle might be shorter than that. Waddle might be like five ten. Yeah, and, and I mean, he's skinny, skinny. This guy's got some real length to him, which yep. doesn't always use it, but he has some real length to him compared to other super fast guys. That we've I, seen. Uh, someone uh, when I first got because Jameson Williams, he transferred from Ohio State, and and does that worry you at all? If he went from Ohio State to freaking Florida, you know, Florida Atlantic, yeah, but he went to freaking Bama. <laughs> so. Not that, that, but the fact that he couldn't beat out those guys at Ohio State, and the fact that it took him three years to really make a huge dent. I would say it's a more of a feather in the cap for Olave and Wilson than it is a detriment for Williams. Totally fair. Totally, that With makes that. total sense. I, I, it's I'm really like genuinely asking if it worries you at all. This is where interviews come up too. It's like where you meet these guys, and it's like it, it, you know we're not psychologists and all that shit, but it's like you meet these guys and you kind of can get it in. And it's like, are, are you scared of competition? And some of these guys is like, hell no. Like you know, it's more just opportunity. You know, and, and, and they explain themselves a little bit, and it's like okay, okay, but. I, I think it's more of a, a tip of the cap to Lobby and Wilson and and the guy that they, the other guy that they have coming up that's supposed to be uh, number eleven and number is, seven on the Ohio State team. Oh boy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're good. They're very good. Oh boy, I mean, just some sit up in my chair throws uh-huh. from CJ Stroud as I was watching these two guys yesterday. That's my QB one for next year for a reason. He is, and he got better last year too. He's. He's he's got some he's got some shit to him. I mean, I'm ex- that's a guy I'm excited to study for next year. All right, your last guy in yeah. this tier, kind of in this top six, you know, top forty 
top 45-ish prospects, I would want to say, right? Like on most lists, consensus yeah. is Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, we'll get to this later. Your comp for him was, was beautiful. I absolutely loved it. But what do you like about Jahan Dotson? He's a football player, man. But he is a he's a good route runner. He, he's he's kind of good at everything. He's tiny. I already get the negative out out in front, but he plays big, and that's what I like. It's his catching He'll climb the ladder, man. He'll go get it for a small he's, guy. He's he, that's why he has so many touchdowns. Is because yeah. in the red zone he doesn't play small. He plays big. Like it, this guy must have been a good basketball player. I really do think it because just he is so he catches in a crowd. He catches above him. He catches away down below him and he's fluid. He can catch on the run. He can find a soft spot, soft spot in zone. So it's just a lot of that feel. It shows up and he played with it again. Another guy that played with a bad quarterback situation. He maximized his opportunities because <laughs> he was the only guy they had for it. Um, or could make it go. He's a competitive player. He's got some special teams to him as well. Oh, that's another thing with James Williams. He, James Williams can kick, return kicks as well. Which makes sense. That it always helps. Like it's always nice to be able to have another tool that you can do. The more you can do. But I just love how Dots, how big Dotson plays, his hands and his catching range. I saw some people knock him that he couldn't win press. I had no issues with him against press. I actually thought he was really good. He wins with footwork and quickness. He kind of does that, knows how to make himself skinny when the when the guys mm-hmm. are trying to go, give him the hard hand, which you know, it's kind of a craftiness to him. He kind of has an old man's game a little bit, but I, I really, really like that a, a lot with this guy. I'm higher way higher than him on some some other people do. This guy's my receiver four. But I, I just think he's a very useful player, even if his upside as a number one guy might not be there. It's the same thing with Alave. It's kind of the same type of argument. I think this guy's going to be useful. I think that he's Alave. He has some, some of the same appeal as Alave. You just turn all the knobs down. He's yeah. smaller. He's not as explosive. He's a little bit more of like, there's a physicality to his game that mm-hmm. Alave lacks, and I like that. The guy you compared him to, and I, I was I loved it when I saw it, was Tyler Lockett. Yeah. And I think that if you're trying to play out the best case scenario for him, I think it looks a lot like Tyler Lockett's game looks. Yeah. Play bigger than they are. They're tough, like they, but they have that juice to them. I another thing with Dotson, what I liked, and this this is how I uh, I like to label it is he's a good route runner at all three levels. Mm-hmm. And is what so it's Alave is advanced, advanced, but it's like Dotson is just as good. Not just as good, but is a good in his own right. And the quarterback was terrible, so you didn't see a lot of production on the deep ball, but it's there, and and he can track the ball and and do all those things. Intermediate, he has the feel, so like if you put him on a backside dig, he knows how to hang on the hash. He knows those little things. It's what I really like about him, and I actually think that's where the locket stuff came from was that he plays bigger than size. He's tough, tough and competitive, but also it's just that he can create just enough after the catch. Like he can create an explosive play after the catch. Yeah. It's not it's not the long burner speed. But it's like he can create some yards. He can create that extra five yards on on a dig or on a slant or something of that sort. You know, I would love him, and I don't know if he'll be around at this pick. Detroit. Oh yeah, he was. Just, he just went to Detroit. With what they have? He was just with their outside guy. I mean, I mean Almond Ross St. Brown isn't big, but he's a slot guy. You can yeah. live with a slightly smaller outside guy and that in the slot, and you figure now you have uh, at least one year of Chark yep. out there. Yep. I mean, those three guys together, I think, is an interesting little mix. And that's exactly 34. where he should go to. Or 32. Like, they also have 32 as well. I mean, they have 32 yeah. and 34. So that that's exactly where he should go. And his mindset match with you know Dan Campbell. That that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, he's, yeah. he's got that to him, right? And yeah. I think that. Nah, I like that. I, I, I just too. thought of it, but I like it. I do too. No, he's he's a football player. That and that's that's a compliment I, I like to give out to guys like this. That's like he is. He's just a good football player. 
I think he has a little bit to him the same way that Elijah Moore did last year. Small, yes. but just is a complete receiver. Isn't like yep. a gadget guy, can do all the things you want him to. And Elijah Moore went at the top of the second round, like yep. right in this exact range that it feels like Jahan Dotson might go in. It's a guy that every team likes and loves. Yeah. Like they ha- they he has 20 top 30 visits and everybody's loving him. He probably had 12 interviews at the combine and it's just everyone just we all have the same negative on. Oh yeah, he's a little tinier. He's a little smaller. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't know if he could be a number one guy. So, totally makes sense. He's a football player. And that's that's the thing with Elijah Moore is everyone pigeonholed him as a slot guy. It's like, no, this dude was winning from the outside, running like yeah. real route tree and same with same with Jahan Dotson. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we're going to run through some other guys here that maybe aren't in the same tier, but we're interested in, a little intrigued by, for one reason or another. Let's start with Justin Ross. I'm calling him the dice roll in this draft because, I mean, (laughs) man, if these things come up the right way, you'd be buying yourself a new car. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a dice roll on a guy that had 40-something catches and three touchdowns last year. Yeah, that's a bit of a dice roll. His, you his, are higher on him than pretty super. much anybody else. I am. Why? Like, what? What would allow you to bet on him despite all of the concerns? And for people who aren't familiar with the concerns, yep. Justin Ross three years ago was going to be a top five pick. Yep. Every single future mock draft, or when we we're talking about prospects, I mean, he was a monster on those Clemson teams when Trevor Lawrence was there. He was a five star recruit. I mean, somebody that I knew his name years ago and and that's that says all you need to know about his standing in the college football and early nfl draft world and then a bunch of things happen you know the quarterback situation in clemson kind of deteriorates injuries various kinds of injuries which i think is part of the reason that it's really a concern was he neck or spinal situation yeah i mean it's real red flag type stuff i mean you're taking a risk here why are you willing to take the risk? Yeah, this is this is me talking on both sides of my mouth because this is this is when I go, oh, this is a film grade only, and I'm not I'm ignoring the medicals, and then there's other guys I'll knock because I go, oh, they've been hurt their whole career, but <laughs> uh, but with Ross, it's he is a guy I love. He is a I I really the highest compliment I can give a receiver. It's a true X receiver, 
And his first year as a his first year, his freshman year, I mean, he was a phenom. I mean, he had he averaged 21 yards a catch, nine touchdowns. He's making big plays and big moments. And then that's the thing, the kind of wheels fell off either through injuries or this past year. And he was a guy that struggled with or the quarterbacks that he played with struggled the uh, uh i always butcher the guy's name but dju he throws the ball like byron Leftwich. uh he was uh, in a, Is that in a, yeah yes yes i call him dju sorry <laughs> just shorten it down but he's sailing balls 20 yards over his head i'm i'm what and you can see ross and this is why i liked him but the first game i watched him was against pitt two balls in a row where he beats the guy bad on a route like just he runs a stop route clemson runs a basic offense so that uh, that'll come into a negative in sack Ball sails over his head. Okay, next one. I think he runs like a slant, beats the guy, balls in the dirt. All right, he's all ticked off. The next play, buries the guy blocking because he's just so pissed off. And I was like, okay, okay, you you're not getting frustrated and just quitting mid mid you know mid series. He's like, no, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna help out the team somehow some way. I just really think he is. He did not test well. Yeah, I've been told that he did not train for the testing. So that's my again. I'm the glass half full guy. But I really do think he has Man, that. a four, six and change 40. I, I know. Four, six, one, right? Yeah. Something I mean, that's I, I've seen various numbers that yeah. are lower than that. Four, it's six, not, three, four, six, five. It's not exciting. <laughs> uh, but what I would. I'll go the other way. It's very exciting <laughs> taking a risk on a guy like that. There's nothing more exciting. <laughs> It's great because I can just go. I had a high film grade on him. Oh no, this other stuff. Oh yeah, that's that's. Oh, just injuries. You're, you're already up with apologizing him. for it. I love. I it. know. No, I, I just really because he's an ex receiver, and I, what I mean by this is he runs a vertical route tree. This dude is a legit six four and can sink. Just all the nice things I said about Drake London, just skinnier, but just has great catching range. He just has that twitch to him that not a lot of these taller guys have. Um, that that's what I really like about him. He has a good feel for routes great length um just what they they don't have that they have no like their route tree is so basic but what he was asked to do he's very very good at it um catches with length and i already brought up the blocking point he plays he's not just like a little skinny guy that avoids contact he plays with good playing strength he fights through contact and those are the things i really liked about him i i just can picture this guy if he's healthy his medicals are gonna be everything he might drop the day three because of his medicals where would you take him i would take him and eh, early third I think that's why I'd be comfortable with him. Even if I have a high second round grade on him, but I would drop him around because of medicals. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a doctor. So it could be one of those where like, we're not touching this guy at all. Cause he had some serious stuff and he banged, he got another injury this past year, but I also think he kind of ended the season out of frustration where he's like, eh, I'm not going to really battle back. Um, so that's the other stuff you have to bring up just the limited production, everything, but competitive and tough player who has some twitch to him. And I just think if he gets in the right situation and gets some time to heal up and we ease him back in, he can surprise a lot of people. All right. Next guy, Khalil Shakir from Boise state. To me, he's just like a human highlight reel. I mean, some of the catches this guy makes you are again, much higher on him. And most people, I, he is well within your top 10 receivers. Oh yeah. That is not necessarily the case for a lot of other people who've studied the draft. What about him puts him in that conversation to you? He is useful. And I, and the best way possible, he's a great, I think a very good route runner, uh, can operate from inside and out and wins versus press and has many clips winning versus press good with a hand ball in his hands can create with yards after the catch. He has returnability, like legit punt returnability. It's not just a gadget guy. Cause he's a guy that's like, Oh, we'll get him on a couple jet sweeps and, you know, actually, he has, he has some comparisons to his Amir Smith Marset, which is kind of funny. They, they, they have like very similar mock draftable physical profiles, which I was they, going to bring up. Were you okay? Yes. That, 
<laughs> a lot of their appeal is I, I feel like I'm regurgitating a little bit of this because there's a lot of the same appeal. Uh, you have a type, my friend. I do. I, I know. It's much. just so funny. Which 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 types I decide to I was like, oh, I like this redhead. No, but it's just with the with the screens underneath throws, there is just the that that he has that to him. So it's like, okay, we get the ball in his hands, he's gonna create with the ball in his hands. But also the real receiver stuff is is real. Like it is different. They asked him to run a bunch of different routes, short, intermediate, deep, and he's useful. He's productive on them. Good against man, good against zone. So he just does a lot of good things that it's like I I tapped him as just Mr. Useful. I think he's another guy that he's gonna go, whatever team he goes with, they're gonna find a use for him. Where he's like, Man, this guy ends up our number two as a rookie. Like he has that upside too. Because you can get him in like the fourth round, probably, right? I, it's it's I think he's got he he tested really well, so he got a little okay. bit of a bump. But I All think right. this guy, I would say I have a early second round grade on him. And that's where I would take him. I think if someone in the thirties oh, or forties. All right. I, that's how I think he's a really good, really good player. I really do. Um, he just does everything well. My, I really don't have that many negatives on him, just other than that he's a slighter frame. But other than that, but he's one ninety and change. He plays tough. I think he's just a really good player. <laughs> All right, next guy here, we'll call him the riser, and that's Sky Moore. I mean, he's now <laughs> perfect name being mocked too. in the high second round. He's somebody that was probably a mid round pick at early stages of this process. And he's really checked every single box. Curious what you think about this. When I watched him, so he forced 26 missed tackles this year, according to PFF, which was the best in the country among wide receivers. He reminds me of Golden Tate. Oh, yeah. That's my comparison. Same body type. I mean, just making guys miss in space. And small, but not slight. But Short, but I mean, I think he was 195 at 5'11". Mm-hmm. And Golden Tate, I think, was at 5... I think he's 5'10 and a half, 195. And I think Golden Tate was 5'11", 199. Yeah, so very similar in terms of all their, their physical build. Like, yeah, like right near next to each other. I mean, all did you the did you did that? Did you make that comp in your that's, in your red? That's up? a comp I made. Oh, yep. I didn't. I didn't even see that. That's no, no, really funny. I mean, they look exactly the same. Yeah, they <laughs> look really similar. They look <laughs> they really, really similar. I, and, I hadn't seen that anywhere else. I was really hoping that I that was I was alone in that. That's make, no, that's frustrating. I like it. Yeah. And, uh, I think our, our friend Danny Kelly was like, he was like, oh, he was like, oh, I like that. Thick boys. And I was like, yep, yep. Thick boys. We're in the, oh, we're in the really 20s funny. number, all that stuff. But uh, Sky Moore, man, he, what I really liked about him. And oh, again, a million people have said this. Now I feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was feeling special. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was feeling really good about myself. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's frustrating. Man, what, I, I, I like him though, man. He just, it, it's. God, he plays big too. Like got he's like a, ten of our friends, but now I'm like really mad at myself. I really, really thought I had like, oh man, I thought I saw something. You said it on Twitter at one point. Josh Norris said it. Josh, I'm, I'm just gonna walk into a river. This is I'm, I'm embarrassed now. Uh, I know. There's no original takes ever. Trust oh, me. God, There's especially coming this late to it. <laughs> that um, was like last year. Where I was like, we don't talk enough about Rashad Bateman, and then like people just. Like motor, you like a really, really good burger. Wendy's. Have you ever heard of Wendy's? <laughs> There's this place on the West Coast. People like it's called In and Out. I don't know. It's got yeah. It's kind of a niche spot. I don't think Wendy's is a good burger. By the way, I was, I was trying to make a very <laughs> mention a very obvious thing that everyone knows about. All right. Why do you think if there are downsides to him, it just feels like the size is going to be an issue just in terms of what he can be asked to do. He's one of those guys that I don't think he'd ever be a number one receiver on a team. But he has an incredibly specific skill set that you can use right away. Oh, yeah. He is a Z receiver that you can move around the formation. And, man, I, I the, the height 
is the negative. And but the thing about that is that his balls, the ball skills is what he's so good at. Like he tracks the ball really well, and he just knows how to make plays on the ball. Like it's a, it's, a, it's you know who else was really good at that? Could make a lot of really good plays in tight spaces of really good hands. Golden Tate. Golden Tate. Has anyone compared him to Golden Tate? Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but it's. I feel like such funny, a fucking man. loser. I really it's okay. Do. It I happens. really feel like a loser. <laughs> That's so funny. At least it's not, you know, at least we're just talking one-on-one. This isn't going out there to anybody. Uh, I would say with him, and he tested well, and this is my only negative with him. Golden Tate was was better. I mean, he's better than a lot lot of guys with the ball in his hands. And I think think Sky Moore is fine. I would say pretty good with the ball in his hands, but not that true dynamic guy with the ball in his hands. Like truly. I disagree with you. Oh, man. I think he's a splitter. I think he has a lot of wiggle. I think he's I, a I, I, splitter. I, he's not going to. Sh- he's not shifty. He's a splitter. That's. that's I like my the one. stop and start. I think. I think he's pretty good. I think okay. that force tackle ability that's translatable. I just feel like he's you either have player. that or you don't. And I think he has it. Yeah. And even just like a little tiny, like, you know, I ran an option route against Buffalo from the slot, and it was just like his understanding of exactly how to use that yep. space and shoe it up. I was impressed by him. I, I think he could be a useful player right away in the right situation. I Glances. Agree. Where yep. he's just taking it's it and tough. going, yeah. I just, I really did like him. I, did I, I didn't. Again, a guy that I've heard about didn't know what to expect. I wasn't sure what type of player he was when I had heard that he was kind of rising up a little bit. And I turned him on. I was like, oh, that's just Golden Tate. And I was the first person to come up with that. <laughs> All right. No, but he, he's no. Honestly, though, he is going to be a useful player for somebody because just he's tough and he makes the awkward catch. So it's like even if he's a shit quarterback, he's going to like make every target and touch worthwhile. Which is, which is. So, so needed at, at the NFL level. Another guy that I want to talk about here that you're a little bit higher on, we're going to call him for you is Mr. What Am I Missing? And that's Alec Pierce from oh, Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, there are people who he's in like the fifth and sixth round. Uh-huh. You have him much, much higher than that. Yeah. What do you think you're missing with Alec Pierce that no one else is seeing? I, maybe it's just I, I like all the Cincinnati guys. And I just watched Desmond Ritter and I was like, hey, I like this receiver he's throwing to. But he got <laughs> you, you joke. That might be it. <laughs> it There's be. absolutely a because I'm high. I'm high on the running back too, Jerome Ford, too. So maybe <laughs> I just like I just like the black uniform. There's so something like, about the uniform. It yep, must, that happens. It might be. I like the stadium. You know, that might be it. But Pierce got better as and I, I mentioned this a lot with guys, but it does matter. He got better as the season went along. He's a late bloomer. He was a volleyball guy. He's a he's an Illinois guy, uh, but he was a volleyball player. He's from player. Glen Allen. I don't know where he went to high school. I should look. It's, it's I think it's the Matt Bowen school. Go I ahead. Think. Yeah, Go ahead. and I think with him is they didn't know what to do with him early in his career. They played him. They tried him at linebacker for a little bit. He was a special teams ace, and I think no matter what, he will be that in the NFL. But I think as the season went along, this last year he didn't get hurt. He got hurt last year, or it might be two years ago. But this was his first full season playing receiver, like really got at it. And as the season went along, you can see some of the craftiness come with this game. He is a big ball winner. Like, and that's where all of his highlights are, is him truly dunking on guys. And you get his volleyball background. He's got good size. He's almost 6'3", just under 6'3". He's got, he's about 208, 210. He's a great, all of his, his ball scales, he can adjust. He's going to be a red zone weapon. And I think for him, it's a projection. I don't think he'll jump in right away as a rookie and be just like, oh, wow, look at this guy. We talk about some of these other guys, Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson. Hey, these guys are going to step in right away and be be useful. I think right away, he's more of like a number three, number four type that grows into that number two role. And and, and But I'm saying that he'll be good at that number two role because he's a vertical guy. I don't think his route running is great. I think it's 
above average. I think I put it at, but it improved. He started getting a better feel for it as he faced more defenses. He's a willing blocker, so he's got some power slot to him, which I'm always going to go, yeah. Uh, so the he linebacker also has feel as a ball winner. I yeah. mean, his ability to like work through on back shoulder stuff, I was impressed with his the body fluidity for great. being as big as he is. Body control is exactly right, and he tested extremely well. Yep. Being 6'3", 215, I mean, he ran a 4-4-1 in the 40, 93rd percentile vertical, 90th percentile broad jump. For a and guy with plays. that frame and that explosiveness i mean that's worth a chance in my opinion so he went to glenbard west his freshman year would have been the year that barrington played glenbard west in the playoffs scotty miller went for nine and nine or four and 92 in a touchdown we gave up a 21 to 7 lead and and ultimately lost it was in the state quarterfinals um i was there uh it was uh it was a very sad moment oh no i didn't mean a very sad moment but don't, don't take it out on Alec Pierce. <laughs> no, no, it's not his fault. He was just a freshman at that point, I would assume. It was 2014. He graduated in 18. So Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He might have been in eighth grade. So yeah, it's not his he fault. Probably, he was it's focused not on his other fault. sports then. Another, another thing with Pierce, and a lot of these guys will have this, is his entire family is athletes. His mom, his dad, his sister, his brother, his aunts, uncles. And Interesting. There's something to that. There really is. I don't know what's just how they carry themselves, whatever. It doesn't matter what the kid is, but there is something to that. And I, I – that's why I just really think this guy is going to just keep growing. He's a late bloomer that I think is just going to keep growing at the receiver position, not growing at height, but as, as far as polish and everything. But I would say he's below average with the ball in his hands. He's not going to make a lot of guys miss. He's a straight line guy. But I think as a, a guy that dunks on people in the red zone, wins back shoulder throws, can create some plays and contest the catch situations, but also take the top off because he has enough long speed. Think he's gonna be a guy that just keeps getting better and better as his career progresses. This is I'm very disappointed in myself because my comparison for him is another white guy, and I always try to avoid that, and that's Eric Decker. Uh, because I just oh, I was I was about to do it and I was gonna say Jeff Janice. Jeff Janice. <laughs> it's like a rich man's Jeff Janice. <laughs> Jeff Janice lies. We couldn't get Joe Jurovicious in there. Uh no, I mean but Jeff I- so you joke. Jeff <laughs> Jeff Janice, 6'3, 219 at the combine, ran a 4'4, 240. Wow. Also had a 75th percentile vertical jump. Okay. So physically, they are more similar than it might seem. Okay. I and uh, that right? I'm also just talking about vertical, like back shoulder throws. All Jeff Janice did is catch like two Hail Marys at his career with Green Bay. All right. A uh, couple more here very quickly. Mm-hmm. George Pickens is somebody that you wanted to chat about. Someone not dissimilar to Justin Ross in the sense that five-star recruit, big-time player, broke out as a freshman, has kind of taken a winding road since. Not the injury concerns, but I mean, this is a guy where Ross is viewed as just a shot in the dark. Let's take him in whatever round. He's kind of falling down here. George Pickens has like real heat to him as a second-round pick or maybe even more than that. Yeah, and I, Pickens, he missed most of this past season. He, had, he was coming back from the ACL, but he battled and him battling back to play after an injury. He was like, no, I'm playing at the end of this year, even if I'm not 100%, kind of speaks to what he is as a player. He's a tough, competitive dude. I'm sure if you've been on Twitter and you see George Pickens, you've seen him talking crap to the entire Michigan sideline after he pancakes a corner and saying, like, come get your boy. Like, he'll do stuff like that, which is really, that's what he is. He's competitive. He's another ball winner type. With him, it's just that's what he is. He plays with strength, and he has enough twitch where he's just going up to get balls. He's knocking guys down. Has that explosive playability to him. But the thing with him, everything is vertical and at you. And I just didn't really maybe have the route running appeal 
to him that maybe some other people do. I still have an, a mid, mid late second round grade on him just off a of film, what I've seen. And I feel comfortable what, what about where I'm you, at. You just think that the frame and like the ball winning and that kind of stuff is where he shines through. Like that's why he's a second round. Yeah. Pick two, it, potentially that is. And it's just, okay. Maybe he has some room for growth. He tested, tested pretty well, which yeah. is good. I wouldn't say he plays exactly to that speed, but he plays, you know, ish about that tier. And I think that's what the appeal is. It's like, okay, we get you healthy. We get you in a good situation. We let you continue grow at your craft, you know, and, and get some of those explosive highlights, you know, make it more consistent and make it more of down to down appeal. I'll be honest. I have him in my, my top 10 receivers, but I'm maybe a little more hesitant with him than other people are. Yeah. I watched, um, I watched a couple games and I even went back to like the 2019 Missouri game when he was like a breakout freshman. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of his best games in college. And he had the long touchdown and he had another contested catch kind of back shoulder play in the end zone. And it was nice, but it's, I think there's a lot to read into. I understand the argument though. It's yeah. that this guy was an 18 year old kid who was playing very well and just was a real guy in the sec and has since run into some bullshit along the way if we change his circumstances we're willing to bet on the pedigree i understand that as a rationalization for sure yeah and even just looking at how how i wrote him up i said his hand-eye coordination and balance show up when he's tracking the ball yeah but he is a ball winner not a burner and and I, i feel pretty comfortable saying that I get another guy that maybe has some upside as a power slot because he wants to block and and that's always going to have some appeal too, but he doesn't have that quick twitch on his route running that might limit the underneath stuff. If you want to drop him on the Chicago Bears in the second round, I wouldn't hate it. I do think that's I would the, either. the type of guy that they could absolutely use. Yep. All right, last guy you wanted to talk here, somebody else that has been making a little bit of a rise, and that's Christian Watson from North Dakota State. Yeah, and this guy is rising up like a helium balloon. Like he is, he is the classic senior bowl, small school guy, tested great, had a good senior bowl week and everyone. And to be fair, sometimes some of that shit is nonsense. Uh, Yeah. To be very fair. (laughs) Sometimes it's not though. There is senior bowl performance for wide receivers and for small school guys. Like I understand talking yourself into it and revisiting based on a performance at that sort of setting. It's, it's the biggest week for the small school guys yeah. because you, now you're seeing, hey, now they're taking a step up in competition. How do they do? And he did great. He really did. So that in itself bumps him he up ran very well, didn't he? Extremely well. Yeah. He is big body dude. And and he has, yeah, very good height. He's built really, really just solidly. 4-3-6 uh, at 6-4. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they try, they try to give him some the ball in his hands a little bit on some jet sweeps. He played at North Coast State. And North Coast State's an awesome football program. They're incredible. They coach their guys up so well at every position. And so he was a bit of a late bloomer. He's from Tampa, Florida. And and they've kind of worked with him in the last couple of years, became more of a tangible player. Yeah, but he has some some good stuff with the ball in his hands. He has some kick return uh, experience early in his career or throughout his career, I should say. More of a build-up long speed guy. He he needs a little bit going. I wouldn't say his acceleration is great. I would say he needs a little bit of time to get to that top speed. And my my biggest negative with him uh, is that he can play small. He doesn't play to his size. He's six four, two ten plus. Plays more like he's six foot one ninety. That's kind of my uh, my hesitance with him. I think when he was how he's originally graded more as a late day two guy. That's where I'm more comfortable with him. But I get the appeal. Some people are trying to make you know fetch happen a little bit with him. <laughs> um, so that's my that's some hesitancies. I, I know his production is not outstanding. He had 800 yards, about seven touchdowns this past season, and that's because they don't throw the ball a ton. 
But really, there's some other stuff where I was like, I, I, I wanted him to pop a little more. When you're at the FC, FCS level, I want to see freaking dominance or or near it or flashes of that. And I thought it was more like, oh, it's good. It's good. But there's times where it's like, hey, go up and dunk on this guy. You're 6'4". That safety is 5'7". <laughs> you know, like, like go up and get it. And he's kind of falling away. And that, you know, he's a redshirt senior, so he's a little older. So, you know, so some of those alarm bells are going off with him. But I still think he's a fine player, but maybe not as appealing as other people have with him. All right. That is all we got. That was extremely fun. I, I fun. love digging into that position. And, and the reason that I wanted to spend time talking about that position is just that every single year it feels like we're going to be in this place where yeah. and we talked about six guys and, and it could be eight that go in yeah. the top 40 picks in the top 40, 50 picks. Yeah. It just seems like we need to take a considered look at that crop of players pretty much every single year based on where the sport is, where the talent pipeline is. There are a lot of reasons that that conversation almost feels necessary at this stage of the calendar. I have 17 receivers with round three grades for three, 17. And I, I consider myself pretty tough on receivers. And there's about three other guys you can make an argument for like other people have. So that I think this is the new standard. I think you're going to get 16 ish guys in the you know first three rounds. I think that's going to be kind of the new standard the next couple of years. I'm sorry. I didn't let you talk about 17 guys. If you, <laughs> I mean, do we talk about 14 <laughs> and you listen to Dane Brugler and Lance Zerline here over the next couple of weeks, they will be doing, some middle, you know, kind of in that range skill position players as part of their conversation. So please check out those chats that they're going to have. Those guys are more well-equipped to talk about fourth-round receivers than me, who uh, thought he was the first person to ever compare Golden Tate to Sky Moore. And in reality, I was the 30th guy to do it. That's what happens when you come to the process on April 6th compared to last October. All right. Just mute it. Just tweet it and just mute it and just go, yep, that was it. Has ah. any, do, you, do you guys, anyone made that comparison? I'm just watching Sky Moore. I think he kind of reminds me of Golden Tate. I'm just going to tweet it right now. All right. That is all we have for this week. Speaking of Lance and Dane, they will be in your feed tomorrow on Friday. Uh, I believe talking to Bruce Feldman, who always does a fantastic job. They're going to talk through some of the picks in Bruce's mock draft, which includes tons of conversations with college coaches and really just a knowledge base that so few people literally on earth have that Bruce has about college football. So please check in for that conversation. Please rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. I would sincerely appreciate that. Please subscribe to The Athletic. A dollar a month right now. Theathletic.com slash football show. Dane's draft guide is coming. It would be worth the price of your athletic subscription on its own. So please go do that. Guess what else you can do on theathletic.com here very soon? You can read Nate Tice writing about the quarterbacks in this draft. His first piece for the athletic will be live when? I believe Friday. Friday. Amazing. So if you do not have a subscription, there's no better excuse than to go get Dane's draft guide and get to read Nate's first story on The Athletic. You write more than I do at this point. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, thank you very, very much for listening. We will be back early next week. Talk to you soon. This was The Athletic Football Show.